We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. I need for you to turn that frown upside down. It's going to be very difficult. It, it will be. It, it's going to be. I, I am. Um, that was. Oh. God, so many things. Come back here. I'll make you happy. <laughs> Jeez. There we go. There's that smile. I sincerely regret. <laughs> so many things. We did. Why did we give him a mic? No idea. I told you guys too from the get It was such a bad idea. Why? No, it's good. It'd be great to just be able to talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> and you never know whose side he's going to be on. What do you mean? Some weeks he comes in here and he's like, "Yeah, side's a bitch." Yeah, he does. He's then, really good. Like he'll, you know, what he, sometimes he like butters me up on the way over. I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna be on my side today." Then he comes in, whammy, Hellraiser. Yeah, I just see what kind of mood Chris is in right now. He's in a, he's a Debbie Downer. So. I, I am, I am. Let me tell you, man. I am salty AF. Yeah, I gotta, fuck I, Saeed. Saeed I gotta sucks. give, yeah. I gotta give somebody a shout out on the show, and I, I want to start off early because I promised them I would. Okay. Hey, Sean Fisher, that dude fish. He's a follower of the show. Oh, listens. Yeah. Sean, you're a big long big time. I told him that the second Chris starts bitching this episode, I'm gonna make sure I give him a shout out. Why? He, this guy works for the post office. He does, yeah. In Pittsburgh. It's cold, man. Negative six degrees. He showed me. Yeah. He texted to me. Thirty-seven thousand steps that day. Walked sixteen miles. Yeah. Fucking sled, bro. And we're over here, over here bitching and complaining. Come on, man. No, now you can't compare that to. Shout out to you, Sean. Arun, uh, you were wearing your Apple Watch. I saw yesterday when I was getting ready to make fun of you for being obese again, and then I saw that you were exercising. Congrat, good job, brother. What, 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 what's job, the newfound motivation? Um, I told you guys I'm starting fresh this year. I don't. Did he tell us that? He did tell me that. Tell you that? Outside so he told the, he told us this. He said outside the two taco stand nights that we went. He's been he's been clean. Mm -hmm. I do not recall. <laughs> you did not recall. Uh, you recall he's one got, night. He's only got one. Bro, I, I honestly was thinking about getting us all like food on the way over because I was running late anyway. I was like, fuck it. Um, they had like a line of like eight people. They crushed there was, it over like, there, man. Five or six cars out front. Mm -hmm. I still don't understand the whole like that can't be legal. You can't just be propping up taco stands wherever you want. Yeah, it's literally like, in the middle of the street too. Is, like, is there that much crime going around here where the cops are like, oh, we gotta let this go? We got to take care of other things, or are they like this is an oh, added. I guarantee you, they're getting cops pulling up there, going like, "Yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one of those burritos, bro." Yeah, and I will, you better not charge me for it. And it's good, it's good food. Like I feel, I'm very conflicted and very confused. <laughs> like I don't even. And and is it just Thursday nights? Right. Is no, it every night? No, it's Monday nights. Too. They were out there the other night when it rained. Yeah. Like, committed. We, we need to get this guy a restaurant. Committed. Like th there's there's just something. They're out there all night long. And why there all night long? Yeah, it's a very odd place. There's not a lot of businesses or people there. It looks like it's in front of like a bus stop. Like, you know what I mean? 
That's why I keep saying right across the freeway, there's apartments, homes over there. There's no homes over here. It's the retirement area. Well, yeah, more like retail strip centers. It's very, it's very confusing. Very confusing. And I will admit I am in a world-class shit mood tonight. Uh, I'm having all sorts of emotions. I'm in all of my feels. Mm. This being uh, our last uh, double episode week, um, it's got me feeling some type of way. Our yep. last Thursday. It's our last Thursday recording for at least a couple months. We're going to give this an honest Three effort. Months. Three months, yeah. Yeah. But uh, every message I've received on social media that, that has... I've told this to or kind of run it by or I posted some stuff on Instagram. Most people are kind of sad about it. It's making me sad. Yeah. We're not dying. I feel like a part of me is dying, Saeed. Really? That Thursday night. That Thursday night. It's dying. And um, it's all in an effort. It, nobody's getting burnt out. It's just all in an effort to enhance the show. That's that's not entirely true. Really? You're not going to tell me you're burned out a little bit like you're not tired. I'll be honest, man. Uh, now that we got the editor, right? It, like, not having a reel to edit, I have that itch. And it's like, I'm like, I gotta. That's because Arun and I were still doing our normal work. You <laughs> selfish piece of shit. I, gotta, I, I give you a lob and you didn't take it? No, I'm not, I got I'm an not itch. Do, I know, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Bro, gonna... on Monday night when I dropped him off, he was like, damn, this is weird. I was like, why? He's like, I'm going straight to bed. I was like, you, my. You never I once. I knew you didn't shower when you, you got home, you, you lying piece of shit. No, no, I showered. No, no you didn't. I swear to God. But um, <laughs> why, why do you, that's the first thing you think Seriously, of. Seriously, first You thing? said straight to bed. Yeah, shower and then bed. That's not like what I, straight to bed means. You know, all those times I stayed up late and I sent you like reels at like three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Never once were you like, wow, man, you stayed up to make sure you got that done. Good job, man. Because I was working too. <laughs> You selfish <laughs> that's not bastard. True. That's not true. No, my all my Apple devices go on sleep, so I just don't see the text messages that come through. Mm. And unless I actually physically go to message you at 3 o'clock in the morning, which is rude, because I know Arun's sleeping for sure. He's got us on Do Not Disturb. It's not yeah, sleep. Yeah, dude, he's got us on Do Not Disturb 24 <laughs> hours a day. No, he's actually done significantly better this no, year. No, he has not. Yes, he, he has. It, you, bro, your your responsiveness to messages is honestly Gen Z level offensive. No, he he made he made a vision board and he said that he was going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing it back, baby. That's what we're doing. I put a picture of one person sending listened, a message to another person. I listened to the whole segment about your vision board again, yeah. and I was just as disappointed the second time. He's, I, I just, and I know you got to be nice about it because your wife and you did this is like a it was thing. our first time. That was an early pop, bro. Slow like, roll. Yeah, slow that, was, that was an early pop. Yeah. It's very disappointing. I was thirsty. I think that Grover comment got you all in your feels. <laughs> you love it? Bro. That was the best part of the show. You, you, you love that so much. I didn't I, understand. I set you fuckers up so badly for that. Yeah. You didn't even know what was going on until you got to the end of that, <laughs> that paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's try and intro this episode. Let's do it. You may have skipped that yeah, last you one. Did. Yeah, you did. Welcome back to the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. I, I stuttered a little bit. I was, I'm, I'm all emotional. Yeah. It's the higher standard. Sitting next to me to my right is my partner in time, the one and only Syed Omar. Thank you, man. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Sitting next to me on my left is my partner in crime, Chris Nahibi. And behind the ones and twos, the man who pops cans better than anybody you know, DJ Grover. <laughs> Why? <laughs> His name is Odun. <laughs> 
He's, this is becoming part of the show too now. Yeah, he's getting I, really comfortable by with and, me. And the worst part about him editing me is, is like I think the audio's fucked up, so it takes me like twenty minutes to figure out when I'm editing the audio. Why the wave? Like why? Disappeared? Why did it go quiet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like did the did the audio freeze? Da, 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 da. Oh, Grover! You can't, you can't do that because nobody stutters more on the show than me. Well, yeah, so we all have true. vocal habits, okay? And now that I've I've spent a lot of time editing our audio individual lines, so I know exactly what your you sound like. Mm -hmm. I can uh, I can tell you that we all have really interesting and fascinating speech problems. Mine is I always start the sentence and I stop and then I continue going with the sentence again. I and, don't know why I do that. And when you need to cough, like you look like someone's fingering your anus. Can I be honest? Like, like it's you, only with it's, it's, it's your only, face gets so hold awkward. On. Hey, it's only with you. I'm I'm like legitimately self conscious. It's only with me, huh? <laughs> I'm self conscious. That's what they all say, baby. Because you're gonna, I know you're gonna roast me for, it, and I'm like, fuck, just fight it. Just don't, for coffee. Don't, don't give him. Don't give in to it. No, the noise gates do help though. The, the fact that they're on, yeah. it, it certainly helps because it's not as like punchy. And Arun will give him the mic, and you've got like this constant phlegm in your throat, so he'll go. Um, so guys, um, so. And the worst part is you're back there doing it all the time. And I get it because I got a throat clearing issue and it's the fucking worst. But you've just got like fluid in your throat at all times. It's is it like a postnatal drip thing or what? Fat people problems. No, it's because I don't talk for a while. And then when I have a question or I have something to say, yeah. I have to clear my throat. And then I can't do it on a hot mic. I have to cough to the side. And then when I try to talk. It's yeah, like he doesn't have the luxury of having these things where you just push it out the way. He's got a whole stand. He's, he's got, got a move. mute button. And also, on top I, of that. The mute button doesn't do anything. You're the one that complains. That, oh, like, that, no, for the actual the show edits, it mutes it. But for the for the audio, it doesn't, which is yeah. a stupid ass And feature. also, like, he's like, it's like, you know, when you're you're coming off the bench, like, 12 minutes into a game. I, never, I don't know that feeling personally, but I mean. <laughs> but can you imagine those guys that are coming off the bench in the NBA game and haven't touched the ball in, like, 30 minutes come in? You got to hit the shot. How's he supposed to do that? Yeah, especially you, me with my athleticism. And then the and then the fans are just like, "What the fuck's wrong with that guy?" You know, you're baiting me, Arun. You're baiting me, and I'm not going to take it. Okay, I see I'm, a smile a, on your face. That's all I care about. No, I just I was reminiscing about all the times you played basketball and the six thousand times a year you would you know roll your ankle. I actually never rolled my ankle. I just never hit a layup. I'm not sure which one's worse. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, never rolling an ankle. That's admitting to like never going hard enough. Right? Whoa. What, what, uh, can you, can you cite the, the specific thing you're talking <laughs> that about? That was the point. Come on. Not going hard enough. In the paint. Is that what you call it? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> non-basketball non people have no idea what you're talking about. Right. They know what I'm talking about. And they don't always have paint there. Just. Oh, jeez, Christopher. I'm, I'm just. There are plenty of basketball courts in the world where below the free throw line to the baseline does not have paint. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. So you're using a euphemism, which is questionable. Questionable. Well done. So uh, on this somber Thursday night, today is January 18th, and that is shockingly late into the month. I don't know where the time went. We have uh, some interesting articles, a hodgepodge, if you will. But um, at some point in the show, I'm going to issue a warning. A warning I would urge all of you to actually seriously heed because I think we are already at the scary part of what we expected to happen and it's already happening. Uh, Arun's now fucking with the notes right in front of me. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, there you go. I looked up something randomly and <laughs> never mind. <laughs> 
He's excited. He's, 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 he's excited that this he's is the like, last Thursday. Like, I don't have to be here on Thursdays anymore. It's amazing. He's, he's getting jittery. Yeah. He's probably just going to walk out in the middle of the show. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Grover is out. This CEO was the most accurate home price forecaster in 2023. Here's what he expects for 2024. And uh, I'll just give you a little hint here. We're going to swerve on that. And by we, I mean me. Um, okay. Broken clock is right twice a day. It's true. Yeah. See, that's a euphemism that actually works. I'm like the paint thing. Just, you know, if you're going to use references, you know, try to be a little more understanding of everybody. I mean, we have listeners in India who probably don't understand the reference unless you're talking about a sport that they can relate to. It's true. You've seen that slapping thing? What's they that? run and slap what each other in the that? chest. What is that? That's an like, actual. There's, not, what, you there's just... not rules, though. How do you win? The guy just gives up? There's, I don't know. There's a very ambiguous rule set. I looked it up once. I went down the rabbit hole deep. I mean, is that because they have that new slapping contest now? No, no. That, that's, that's yeah, that's different. The slap that is, league. Dude, that is, what are they doing? That's like CTE written all over it. These guys aren't even slapping. It's like they're taking the, the palm and just hitting the jaw, just like cracking them open. Yeah, there's there's no dollar amount in the world you're going to pay me to do that. None. I just know. Not even once. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. I've seen those faces swell up. And then on camera, with slow-mo, get the fuck out of here, bro. Get out of here. <laughs> you, you could relive that your entire life? You want to see your grandpa, kids? <laughs> like, it's just not, that's that's not good. Right. We'll pivot to the $8.8 trillion in cash piled up on the sidelines that the stock market has been salivating to get back into it. Mm-hmm. We'll explain a little bit what that means and uh, what you can expect to see trending-wise for some liquidity in the markets. Then the feds, Raphael Bostic, talking all the shits. And uh, this guy is trying to ruin the party. Him and Wall are out here just straight gangbanging. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I mean, these guys, I don't know why they're not in 64 Impalas, like bouncing down the road, just middle fingering everybody. With Dayton rims and rims that are spinning. I did not take you for a Dayton crown wire guy. Good, good job. White walls. Hey, come on, bro. I mean, you, see, you didn't you, grow up like you that. Said, you, what do you mean? You call, you said the Impala. There's no other rim you're supposed to put on that thing. Oh, you watched a movie. <laughs> oh, I watched the music video back there in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And, uh, well, Macy's is going to cut a lot of jobs, but, uh, frankly, they probably should be, uh, closing down, but you know, what do I know? That's fucked up. Real estate kept them in business. I grew up in a Macy's and Macy's was a, an incredible store. And then they, um, they fucked around and found out That's fucked up. they did not keep up with the times. They, they tried to hold on to their old ways for too long. And when the world went digital, they did not. And they got, uh, they got the results you would expect. So this is really a fault of theirs. You think because of the lack of uh, e-commerce shit leadership. Ooh, yeah. Dang, not sugarcoating. Outdated shit leadership. And I don't, th- I think they were so far down the rabbit hole, it was, it was just impossible to come back. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. The Biden administration doing Biden administration things again, just fucking everything up. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, this, some of the stuff that's coming out of the Biden administration, especially as it relates to student loan forgiveness, is so comical. And I'm going to, I'm just going to say this right now. We're top of the show. Do you know anyone who's actually received student loan forgiveness? No. Not like, yeah, I, I know people that got the initial email saying you were granted, right? But, um, and it was reversed. Yeah. It, they pulled the Uno reversal. No, he's done several variants since then. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So I, I posted on, um, I think it was like Forbes or Fortune or some, somebody that posted an article about student loan forgiveness and I just went hot. 
in the comments, and everybody loves to come at you with the hot in the comments. You know, they're like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about, bro. You just, you just went and shut, you eat the rich, and like, shit, like and you're just like, come on, man. Like, I'm just trying to give you the honest truth. Like, if you want to buy into disinformation, and you don't see this for a political campaign move. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Right. By the time this gets litigated, someone will already be president, and you'll have already voted for him because you think he's doing this for you. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, you got manipulated. Yeah. People don't want to hear that. They're like, no, I know this guy who knows this girl who got this thing and he got student loan forgiveness, so I know it's real. It's happening. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> what do you want me to say to that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. You know, then you call it a hater. It's a, it's a whole thing. So I, um, I included the article that we're going to read here. And to be uh, honest, did this make you upset? No, 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 no. Um, first of all, Lance Lambert, who wrote the article, I followed a lot of his content for a while, and uh, he, he does a lot of good real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've followed some of his stuff on, the, on Twitter, or X now. Uh, so that, that kind of caught me. I normally wouldn't read, I mean, Fast Company, good, good periodical, but uh, the headline did not catch me. This CEO was the most accurate home price forecaster in 2023. Here's what he expects for 2024. I read that, and I'm like, hmm. Was it the CEO? Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Or was it the economist and the data and the team behind him and he just read, you know, the teleprompter? And by team, you mean the uh, AI models that they reference. Yeah, a little, little, uh, little challenge there. Yeah. And he tries to nerd out and going, we got AI models and the artificial intelligence is just, you know, it's, uh, it's accurate yeah. there, Steve. Right. So uh, we know exactly what's going to happen. We can predict the future. Right. Or just, just thought or... Your model got it right, and a lot of people's got it wrong. Mm. One good model does not mean that it's perfect. Right. It's true. It's true. I I am refraining so hard from making a joke about Victoria's Secret models, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it stuck there for a minute. Like I stuck on like, like I, it restarted. Do I, you're like, do I go through with <laughs> My it? My mind rebooted a little bit. Many housing market analysis thought that a housing price correction would carry over to 2023, but not Nick Shaw. Not Nick Shaw. Mm -hmm. uh, so this article goes into some data, which Saeed has some pretty interesting, compelling stuff about. But basically, he's got some predictions for 2024 that came as a result of this. And the whole kind of breadth of the article here from Fast Company was essentially that they, they got it right using AI. He mm -hmm. talks about his model. And at the end, we think we're going to see growth right. in 2024. They basically said that um, we had projected that the supply inventory would be really, really low because mm -hmm. we knew that, and we've cited on the show before too, 90% of the mortgage holders out there had rates of 6% or less, right? And um, they wouldn't be willing to sell to get into a higher rate into their new home, especially because historically speaking, uh, the, what is it, uh, buyers were typically the sellers, meaning that if somebody was selling their home, they were going to ultimately go buy again, right? So for some context here, uh, because I know the path that side is going down here, Nick Shaw, CEO of Home LLC. Uh, he is the, quote, one expert who wasn't surprised uh, because in November of 2022, he told the analyst at his firm uh, that they were forecasting the national home price would rise 4 to 6% in 2023. They were right. Mm -hmm. Woo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, will they be right again in 2024? Well, it turns out this variant 
Resi Club spoke to Shaw. Uh, Resi Club's the one who, uh, who really wrote the article here to better understand what his team of analysts expects from the U.S. home price in 2024. Home LLC is the most bullish amongst the home price forecast model that uh, that they track. Right. So now he's saying he's the most bullish. He thinks home prices are going to be the most aggressive for growth from his model, which, of course, you have to rely on because it predicted 2023. Right. Um, a big reason. So the, he cites three reasons as to why he, they think that it, it's going to continue to go up this upcoming year. Imagine my enthusiasm. Right. He thinks that thanks to falling mortgage rates, right? There's prediction predictions out there that it's going to be somewhere. It could end up close to 5.75%, right? We don't think it drops below 6%. Am I right? Yeah. And I've got some interesting, I wouldn't say data. I would, there's some interesting things happening, particularly as it relates to the yield curve. But uh, I'm going to bait you into listening to the goddamn entire episode, okay? We need this <laughs> consumption rates to be 100%. So right. after we end and say goodbye, when the commercials kick in, I'll give you that answer. <laughs> there you go. So uh, to their point, what they have said historically, what they've seen is for every one percentage drop in rates, there have been approximately 5 million uh, new potential buyers that come in, Okay. On average. And right now, there's only 1.5 million listings out there. So if rates continue to go down, more buyers come into the market, he thinks that'll put upward pressure on prices. Second thing, there's been an 11% drop in new construction, okay? Because the profits just aren't there for them right now. And it's hard for them to really predict where values are going to go, right? Yep. So there's that. And then the last piece of the puzzle is, even if the uptick in delinquencies ultimately could like head towards foreclosures, it won't happen because the equity is there that people can tap into. Mm. Right. Would you consider AI to be intelligent site? Artificially. Sometimes the real things just better, you know, way better, way better. I mean, Arun, do like you real, real flesh is better. Yeah. Arun, do you prefer artificial or real? <laughs> you do? Yeah. Real stuff. Love the flesh. Not the flesh stuff. <laughs> Not the flesh. He said love the flesh. Love you love the flesh? Love the flesh. You get the play, right? I get the play on words, yes. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't you didn't go for that. I haven't taken many opportunities tonight. I'm just I'm I'm being a better human being tonight. Yeah. Okay. I've been baiting him. I know. I don't think it's he's even cussed yet. Fucking tempted. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> Our guy's back. Guy gets cited in a couple articles. He starts to change a little bit. <laughs> the one today was so wild. How are you getting cited for podcasts now? <laughs> for microphones? <laughs> like when I or when I was asked about it, I was like, uh, what? Yeah, the sure microphones? Uh SM7Bs? Yeah. Oh, dude, I did a full breakdown. I was actually impressed that I remembered all that shit. But uh it was like an off-the-cuff casual conversation, and that was like, I don't know, a month and a half ago. Yeah. And then it came out today, and of course nobody told me. I had to like Google my own name and find like the like the thing. <laughs> it's just fucking weird. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And uh, yeah, how oh, funny? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I some of the stuff I've been quoted. I did the Architectural Digest one. Mm -hmm. it, it's so weird. Like I don't know why you would talk to me. What do you mean? I think a lot of journalists are younger and more inexperienced than you think. And I think that. That, uh, or you just have a, an interesting take on things, and the way you respond is um, better for the masses. I I, I don't know. Maybe I mean a lot of, a lot of guys like in your position. Let's just keep it a buck, okay? 
they're spe- they're not speaking to the youth the way we are. That's that's part of our value proposition. I like to think so. Uh, there are a lot of people who think we're fucking morons, though. I mean, I'd be honest with you. They're like, oh, like, don't get it confused. Like, I mean, not me, but Chris can put on a show for the analysts on Wall Street if you wanted to. Uh, I, I mean, I do a little singing dance from time to time. But here, here's what I'll say is that um, I have been stunned at the things that I've learned about the traditional media in the last couple months. I respect what I'm seeing, but what I'll also say is the reason why I think I, I do well with some of the quotes that I've been getting and I kind of figured out now is every single time I try to figure out what they're what they're selling behind it. And more often than not, there's some type of sell associated with it. So I just cater to the sell. Mm-hmm. So my quotes, I won't quote, I won't even speak on a topic that I don't feel like is is going to be something that I can say, given the, the nature of what they're going to sell. Got you. It also keeps me away from shit that I don't like. Cosign. Okay. Um, but look, I, as much as I can respect the idea of artificial intelligence predicting something and getting it right, what I can tell you is there are things that I know that have been long-standing, accurate indicators that people just want to ignore. We have cited over and over and over again on, on the show that a yield curve, a yield curve inversion for the last 10 recessions from every recessionary economy from 1970 till now has accurately predicted the recession that followed it. Okay. But ha- been, has there been a market though where there's been, been a recession but values of homes don't come down? Yes. Okay. Yeah, of course there has. So- you can absolutely have a recession and not have home prices go down. Okay. Uh, I think the fintech bubble burst was probably one of those, a great example of one of those. If you want one, 2001, I want to say. The dot-com bubble? Dot-com bubble, yeah. yeah. You had a recessionary economy. Home values really didn't drop during that time. Mm-hmm. People keep thinking home values in recessions because they correlate the mental trauma they live through with the Great Recession. Yes. Keep in mind... You only know, most people colloquially only know of two recessions. They go, oh, the Great Recession and the Great Depression. Right. Because those are, they were, they were so big and so impactful. You shouldn't expect the next, the next recession to be like the Great Recession. You shouldn't expect it to be a home price-led recessionary economy. Right. And I think that's the disconnect. When you say recession, people are like, oh, home values and supply to me. I'm like, why the fuck are we talking about home values? Right. Look at the things you're seeing in the economy right now. Look at the amount of layoffs. Look at the facts that you know. Another great fact that, again, artificial intelligence, obviously not so intelligent, okay? If unemployment typically peaks at the end of a recession, yes, okay, it being low right now should not be like, oh, the economy is strong. It's amazing. You're just fucking ignoring how this works? Exactly. Right. Remember, uh, during the Great Recession, we peaked at 10% in 2010. Yeah. And that's two years after. Yeah. Right? So um, definitely not clear yet so and i personally think the leading catalyst of all this will be commercial real estate the office space right which, which is interesting because first of all recessions are like snowflakes there has never been two recessions that really came from the same starting point they were and, never the same catalyst and has there been one of the commercial real estate office space no absolutely not and uh what that means so there are some developments in the bond market Basel three is kicking in. It's a whole thing. If you don't understand what that is, don't worry about it. It's more of an accounting challenge in, in, in some ways. But you're seeing a lot of unique things happen. All coalescing at the same time. 
today was the first day that I really saw visible rises in the 10 year to start pushing out of the yield curve inversion. Mm. And if the yield curve gets back to a steep curve, right? Shorter duration, three month, two year, lower than the longer duration, five year, 10 year. Yes. Right. We most closely track the 10 year. If we get into a normal healthy curve where that increases, right? You've now gotten out of a yield curve recession. Yay, right? That means that means good things. Okay. That's the last thing before a recessionary economy is eminent. Yeah, exactly. That's the last thing. And we're heading out of it right now. Mm-hmm. So not only has this predicted the last 10 recessions since 1970 to now. Right. But we're at the stage where it leans into a recessionary economy because we're getting out of the yield curve inversion. And everyone's like, yay, good times. We're going to have a soft landing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. What? Right. And during before every recessionary economy, too, it should be noted that these conversations of soft landings are being had, right? So before the last two recessions, mm-hmm. they they did a little analysis on Bloomberg. The word, uh, the words recession and the rhetoric around avoiding recessions and being able to work through without getting into a recession really, really spiked ahead of the actual recession. Yes. Exactly. So nothing we're doing now is truly unique. Mm-hmm. Good job, AI. So what can? So is it too late in the game for people to start preparing now? Or what? Are, what are some like helpful tips? No, I mean all the things we said, like pay down your your credit card debt if you can. Plan to to manage your cash flow. Be wise about your spending. Not all recessions affect everybody. My wife and I did this ourselves personally. We just On paid off. Fucking vision board, you son of a bitch. Paid off. We paid off the Jeep. We freed up five hundred dollars a month in cash flow. Yeah, see, I know you're really like torn over that. I think that a lot of people would be like, "Oh man, the debt arbitrage." You're I had a, paying a bro, I had a three, I had a three percent rate. I get that, but the increased cash flow will make your every day, every month feel better. Yes, exactly, and that was a big reason as to why we did it. And where were you going to invest your money? Right. Where were you going to invest your money that you had that you paid off the Jeep with? I mean, we just we just practice dollar cost averaging. Right. So, so you could have just thrown a lump sum into VOO or something like that, low cost index fund. Yeah. You could have gone into like a high yield savings account, made 5% and arbitrage an extra 2% of your money like every asshole on social media tells you to do. But right. the value of knowing you're going to make an extra $500 a month. What does that mean to people that don't know what that means? Arbitrage your money. So the social media rhetoric is, hey, man, don't pay off that low cost debt. Because let's say you have... you borrowed and it's costing you 3% a month. Well, if you take that $10,000 you borrowed and it's costing you 3% a month and you put it into something that's making more than that, let's say a high yield savings account, it's making you 5% a month. You're making 2% every single month off someone else's money once you pay your monthly payment. Yes. Okay. That's all well and good. But in reality, what's 2% of $100,000? Right. Do the math. Is that worth it for you? Yeah, and usually these financial gurus online are giving you a much bigger arbitrage to sell you on the idea. Oh, yeah, it sounds sexy in the million-dollar range. Like, oh, shit, you know? But that's not most Americans. Right. That's not most people. Mm -hmm. The idea of arbitrage is not a new one. It's, frankly, how the whole entire banking system works. Yeah. But, you know, it's been been made to sound sexy on the Internet and, you know. People buy into it because, like, ooh, there's something cheat to be, codes. There's something to be said about paying down your debts and living a more comfortable lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. 
stress-free. Absolutely. And um, you're seeing a market shift to that effect. Uh, and one of the things that happens in the market, which is not uncommon, is when you start making more money safer, people go into cash. Mm -hmm. When you start making, you have to take on a little risk to make more money, and you can make money in places like the bond market, you go into the stock market again. And you see this back and forth with cash, and we've been in cash for so long. A piece of advice we give people to show many times, hold cash. Because you can make a lot of money in your cash. It's one of the best returning investments of 2022, for example. Um, and now we got a lot of money sitting on the sidelines in cash where people are going to go, hey, it's time to make a pivot. Well done, sir. You do podcasting for a living? I may, I may, I may have some experience in that field. Yes, sir. Beautiful segue. This from the Wall Street Journal. The $8.8 trillion cash pile that has stock market bulls salivating. Rising interest rates drew trillions of dollars into money market funds and other cash-like investments in the past two years, with more than $8.8 trillion parked in money funds and CDs as of the third quarter of 2023. Investors are optimistic that with rates poised to fall, people will redirect that money and fuel markets next leg higher. So what... This is really uh, touching on is over the course of, you know, however many past decades, the S&P 500 is approximately on average going to get you a return of 10%, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not always going to hit 10. It's volatile, right? Some some years, most years, it'll hit that, that mark. Some years, it'll be lower. But on average, it'll get you 10%, yeah. right? When you got these savings accounts that are offering you 5%, right? That's significantly better than what they used to offer, less than 1%, right? So you're like, would I take the risk at trying to get 10% or should I just park it in this savings account, make my 5% call it a day? When the savings rates goes down, I'll redeploy that money back into the market, mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of what, what this article is really alluding to. And what scares me about that is what does that mean for the banking industry? Well, it means you'll see a slow bleed um, from cash assets into, frankly, the stock market. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say that doesn't happen as quickly or as an ominously as the article may suggest that it happens. Uh, if you're going to make an investment, usually it's something you think about and, and you take time to do it. But uh, people are also very nervous. Mm -hmm. And I would also add in that it has been our longstanding belief in the show that we're heading into something that will be known ultimately as a great correction. And I truly do believe that while it won't be a housing recession, there will be a housing correction of sorts. So I disagree with the AI model. And I look at something like this and I say, okay, genius, jackass AI model. Um, if you're predicting that home value is going to go up, the most bullish prediction. If the National Association of Realtors is predicting a flat, if not negative year for 2024. That's optimistic, right? For them? Yeah. And your AI model is like, fuck it. Ball so hard all every year. I'm just going to go out and say, don't have Chris Crone design your AI model. This guy, man, I cannot stand this fucking guy. I know, I, but he's 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 getting view. I, I, here's what I do. This is a guilty pleasure of mine, okay? If I'm on social media and I find a new jackass, okay, okay he's saying stupid shit. Right. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to see which one of my asshole friends is following this guy. Oh, <laughs> and call them out. But some people might be following them for the entertainment, the shock value. Always like, the excuse, like right? What's his name? Callen. You, you sent me that video of Brian Callen. Brian Callen was ripping into Grant Cardone, where he was like stitching his. his yeah. income. That was, Does that come with smoke and mirrors? Yeah. Do, when or I buy smoke and mirrors sold separately. When I buy your course, do I get it all together? <laughs> I just I can't wait to buy your course. I yeah. love Callen. Um, 
It was well timed too. I know. Can you imagine if he gets sued for hundred million thing, for defamation man. next? <laughs> that the delivery of a comedian is such a nuance that is never appreciated enough. He's ingratiated his comedy so much into his persona, or that's just really who he is at all times, that it's really hard to tell when he's actually being comedic. Yeah. Or he's just it's, saying shit. It sounded like he was fucking angry, right? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because his face is so like emotionally neutral. And he's like he's he's adopted like that dad. Yeah. Right? So people kind of go to him for that. He kind of looks like secretly jacked too. He is. I know. APAC and all. Okay, first of all, you look a lot at a man's APAC. Honestly, this is gonna Ooh, that's a long pause. Arun, are you feeling comfortable with that? <laughs> I love nope. Callan. He's so yeah. excited right now. I love Callan, man. I did too. Uh, Callan is actually like one of my top five favorite comics. And I know there's other comics that are more revered than him, but I've seen him live several times. I think he's wildly underrated, if I'm being honest. Wildly underrated. And his comedy isn't like uh punchline after punchline. It's storytelling. Yeah. And he has a way of getting the audience in the palm of his hand and keeping you on the edge of your seat. And it's it's like the subtleties, like he's he's mocking society for you know the shit that we do wrong in his. And you have to like un- understand. So I don't know. I love I love him. No, I get it. I, I do too. But um, so I'll look and see who's who they're following. Who's following him, right? Right. And inevitably, it's like people that you know fucking hate shit like this, but they follow him anyway. And I'm I'm so like okay. First of all, fuck you. Okay. If you're if you're so like interested in making fun of somebody, talking shit on somebody, don't follow them. Right. All you're doing is feeding into more of that shit being out there. That's true, man. And the entertainment value. And it's like, there was even a point where like Chris Cronin, I'm like, he's just trolling us. Like he doesn't really believe this shit. He just knows it's going to get more clicks and more views and more shares. Right. Right. Cause he, you know, he, he doesn't believe that he can literally mentally convince himself not to be sick. Right. He doesn't really believe but there's assholes in the comment section going like, yeah, this works for me, bro. The power of positive thinking. Yeah, man. He knows what he's talking about. I'm like, dude, a week ago, he posted a video where he said, and I quote, he was eating so much food trying to bulk up because he's going to go into some bodybuilding thing again, which he made another dumbass video about that he was having anal bleeding. And I'm like, why didn't you power of positive thinking your ass out of bleeding, dipshit? <laughs> Yeah, man. But people are illogical. They're like, yeah, man. People are illogical. You know what really got me fired up today, too, is um, when I saw that, I think that guy's name is Elliot. He got reposted on PBD's page. Oh. um, Almost like validating him. Yeah. He's the new, he's the new sales guy. um, And Andy Elliot. So Andy Elliot, I didn't know this until he posted it today and PBD reposted it, but Patrick Bet David I guess, did some kind of seminar or some kind of coaching, Dude, and Andy Elliott attended. And this is another fucking... First of all, I didn't put PBD in this category until just today. Honestly, his team needs to do a better job of vetting this shit out. Well, you know, and like Ryan Pineda, Ryan Pineda was an early 10X, like Grant Cardone, like, brainchild. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who flocked... This is the thing, though, is people don't understand, like, this toxic shit that I'm so against... Yeah. Like these personalities that I'm so outspoken against. Right. They're like, Chris, why are you, why do you care if they, you know people give them their money and they take their course? You know, it's why do they, because it's a fucking like trickle down effect. Right. Where more assholes will buy into the asshole rhetoric and do asshole things, and now you've got fucking spawning yeah, exa- of additional bullshit. It's not just them, right? It promotes this this hustle culture, right? And how many people just hustle their way through 
tens or hundreds of accounts that you never hear about, right? And they just, they're basically scammers. Well, they're, they're selling the marketing. Again, I'll give them credit for good marketing. But there's also been a, a counter rise to this now mm. of people like Gino the Ghost and, and um, that's his handle, right? Uh, Gino, anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was out there like literally making videos calling people out. There's that Chris Donnelly dude. Mm-hmm. Which, they're literally just calling people out. Gino Bori. He looks like a vampire. I'm not going to take that. I mean, he's got the whole like vampire hairline and everything. He did a video addressing it. But you can't deny his content calling people out on crazy shit they say is on point. There, There's, uh, yeah, he's 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 funny. He's, he's good, funny. Though. He's got he's, his own style. He's, he's definitely his, different. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got to show you one after the show that I, I don't feel comfortable talking about on the show. Yeah, okay, I, yeah I, I will too. I don't know what you're talking about. But here's, here's a great example, okay? And here's my problem with guys like him getting recognition for this. Good for you, Gino. Great for you. Okay. But here's a, you can only do this because you're not in a position like I'm in. That's the thing. That's the thing that a lot of people, I don't, I think that they can't understand about us. And I think it's worth breaking down why. Okay, you buy a share in a publicly traded company. And granted, we are a small cap publicly traded company. We're we're not we're not the biggest players in the game. We're not, you know, we're we're a bank, we're publicly traded. That that's admirable, you know. It doesn't mean you, you don't have financial responsibilities that I've be held a, against you. I've got a fiduciary duty to the shareholder, right? right. I've got I, my job is not to be a visible distraction or to damage the brand or its value in any way, shape, or form. Right. Everything that I trade is public, especially if it's in the banking sector. All my stock, you know, all my compensation, it's all public. I've actually had people DM me recently going like, hey, good job on the salary, bro. <laughs> and you're just like, that's just, yeah, okay. Uh, it's a whole thing. And like people will literally, if you, if you Google my name, that's, that's one of the top searches is Chris Nimi's salary. <laughs> I'm just like, man, fuck I'll be honest you with you, it's, it's me. I've been, I've, you? I've, yeah. I've been sitting, <laughs> sitting at home just... Rapid fire Googling it. Yeah. And it's it's salary, it's parents, it's the bank name. Yeah. But here's the problem. Everything that I say publicly it is and can be attributable to damaging the bank. Plus, there's a board of directors, right? There's other executives. There's the shareholders, which I've kind of addressed. And that public perception runs with some level of risk. A lot of what I do here, as inflammatory as it is, it is with a risk. Yes. And I, because I have the vote of confidence from the people around me that allow me to do this, it's, I'm in a very unique position to be able to do things like this podcast. But the stuff that, that it said, if, if I wanted to be as candid as I normally would be, if I wasn't in this position, I would be fucking ruthless. Mm. Ruthless. And that's the sad part is, is many people who are executives or successful businessmen, they can't do these things and they can't tell you straight up what they think because if they do there's ramifications and i'll give you a great example what if we went behind a paywall i know right patreon i mean that would be kind of selling out a little bit but it would be for the benefit of the listener because then we could really really speak our minds could you do a cheaper patreon like could we do like like a two dollars a month yeah i think so you could do like a month a dollar wow Mm -hmm. I i would love to do that but see i still run the risk of somebody leaking that shit yeah you know right someday when the time is right what if arun just sat next to me and said what i what i wrote down oh like that famous uh that black key song what is it <laughs> they just had a guy just dancing in the black field key song? yeah you know? i love the black keys where they been i don't know they make they're like the, one of the only rock and roll bands i like 
Not much of a rock and roll guy. Uh, I like a lot of rock. Yeah? Yeah. You like a lot of rock. I don't listen to it when I work out or when I like drive in the car, but every once in a while I'm feeling like, you know, I can fuck with that. <laughs> Chris's playlist is very diverse. It is very diverse. I, you, that's how you get my car some days and you'll be like, what in the of fuck is this guy listening to? Yeah, of everyone here, you probably have the most diverse playlist. Like, I'll listen to Tycho some days and people will be like, what the fuck? Tycho. Yeah. You strike me as a little pump kind of guy. That, yo, I got into some little pump songs back in the day before he you know, sobered himself up and got clean. Removed some tattoos and shit. Can't, but why do you, yeah, why do you remove his tattoos? He's <laughs> giving up on the game. I think he realized he was going down a dark path. And he was I think he die. saw the Island Boys, and he's like, oh, I don't want this. Yeah, you don't want to be that. I don't want to be this. You don't want to be the Island Boys. I can't wait for their sex tape to be released. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Island Boy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I, I have recommended a movie to you, which you've not watched. Okay. Movie or show? Show. Oh, yeah. show. It's coming. Don't worry. It, yeah, it's coming. I'm going to do you... A favor of making a decision really easy for you, okay? I'm going to help you and Arun out. I know that both of you could take this, but I know that both of you generally don't watch television or movies without your spouse. Correct. Do not watch Saltburn. <laughs> do not do that. What the fuck? What is Saltburn? There are two scenes in Saltburn which will just fuck your day up. That's a movie? Yeah. Do not watch it. I've never even heard of it. Have you heard of it, Odin? Yeah. No, I have not. It'll fuck my day up. Yeah. It, it, the acting is great. I can I can get why people like it. What it, is this, on Netflix? What is this? Uh, Well, it came out. It was a film festival, something else. It won some great awards. But um, Saltburn, what the hell is this? Do not watch Saltburn. No. There is one scene in particular which the internet lost its fucking mind, and I get why now that I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, There's a second scene, but that first one, that the internet lost its mind about. Holy shit. I, uh... You watched Society of the Snow yet? No. Come on, man. No. If it was about cocaine, I would watch it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. You can't recommend a movie or a TV show until you finish watching Loki. Okay. That, that's the rules. He, Is that I mean, the rule? We, we didn't make the rules, dude. Okay. I we, promise you I'll watch Loki. You got my word. It's been four months. No, I had to finish Grace. Okay, then here's what we're going to do. Finish Grace. Yeah. In order to ensure that you actually are a man of your word and you fulfill your obligations, I'm going to place a healthy but reasonable punishment should you not. Okay, and if I do? If you do, you can avoid said punishment. What the hell? I should get to punish you instead. If you do, you get to see a wonderful television show, which I know you will like. This is bullshit. It's mentally stimulating. It'll finish the character arc, and you'll have a much greater appreciation for the development of characters. Okay. Okay. What's said punishment? All right. You said three months, four months. What is it? What? Of time? Yeah. It's, it's two seasons? No, no. You, well, you, two seasons. I think it's like six episodes, eight episodes. Yeah, per season. And they're not long. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not Grey's Anatomy. We three got three months. Three months. Okay. At the end of three months, if you don't, <laughs> we're going to have a room come in. <laughs> okay. And uh, like I'm going to go work the, the switchboard while, while he does this. And he's going to lift his shirt up. Okay? And I need you to rim his belly button when you're done. <laughs> what is Why that? did I get pulled into this? <laughs> yeah. He didn't agree to any of this shit. <laughs> because if you see the movie Salt Burn, you'll understand. <laughs> you know who needs their belly button rimmed? Who? Raphael Bostick. Bostick is grumpy, man. And this I got to guy... tell you, at some point in time, you got to say to yourself, like, if you're a Fed, like, president, right? 
And, you know, he's Atlanta. Well, he's got a, he's got a vote. He's got a vote. But if you're a Fed president, you got to think like in a year or two from now when the economy is better, no one's going to give a fuck about what I say. But this so is I'm going to say all the things now. This is what bothers me, right, about this. So for everyone, uh, this from uh, CNBC, Fed's Raphael Bostic, 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 expects rate cuts to happen in the third quarter. They're just backing shit up now. <laughs> hey. Beep. Beep, First beep. of all, this guy has been one of the more dovish ones, more positive, forward-thinking ones. Okay, yeah. so Jerome Powell came out and was like, "All that positive spin that you've been putting, I need you to reverse that shit." Yeah, you know what happened. So this is—it's going to get really interesting. We got a Fed meeting coming up at the end of this month. You know, uh, less than two weeks, right? Yep. No one expects anything to happen at that meeting. Okay. No. Yeah. The big one that everyone had circled is March. Here's the crazy thing here. Okay, hold on. We've we've been saying on this show that if you see rate cuts, you will likely see a cut and then a pause and then maybe a cut again or a, or a prolonged pause. We don't know, but there's going to be pauses in between. For the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and the Bloomberg uh, World Interest Rate Probability to predict six rate cuts by the end of the year, there's only eight meetings in a year. I know. What the hell you guys think? There's, there's going to be slashing every meeting? Another 25? No, no, that's not happening. I asked somebody who, um, whose opinion I really respect as an economist, and he asked me to keep his, his name out of, out of it if I brought it on the show. And I said, why? And he said, because I'm going to tell you some shit that's negative. Good. And I said, okay, what's that? And he said, the market doesn't fucking believe the Fed. They haven't. This in the last two years, the market has proven that. And I said, "Well, why do you think it's so palpably different now than what the? I mean, the Fed is all but saying like, stop fucking predicting that we're going to cut rates as much. That, yeah. That's what they're trying to do here." Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "Well, the Fed has a history, a proven track record of being wrong when it comes to these things." Yes, they said they were going to raise rates only seven times, or they did eleven times. They thought inflation was transitory. Right. Right. They said that uh, it's all well and good to raise rates and do all the things that you're doing until all that pressure that you built in the economy actually does shit that's negative to the economy. And then the, then he says, the Fed goes, well, fuck. Uh, things are getting kind of gory out there. And uh, I like being in front of the press and nobody throwing bottles at my forehead whenever I go out for dinner. Maybe we should uh, ease up off on the, uh, you know, the, the Fed hiking shit. Yeah. And then he, his point was, look. I, I think the market thinks that there's going to be bigger problems. And if you listen to the show, we think that there are going to be bigger problems and that we are in a recession and that there's several catalysts and all the data historically seems to point and suggest that we've seen all the red flags go off. Yes. Okay. Don't be that asshole who DMs me about the housing recession again. We covered that early in the episode. If you want to go back and stream a second version of the show just to add us a little credit and listen to it again, go do that. Or you can like, subscribe, and follow us. There you go, on YouTube. Make sure you do all the moist, goody-good, sassafras stuff, non-MDMA. That's going to confuse the hell out of new listeners, man. I'm telling you. They're going to be like, is he got Tourette's? What's he? Yeah. They don't get it. They don't get it. Yeah, they're not gonna get it. Yeah, or head over to Apple or Spotify. Leave us an honest five star review. It really helps out the show. We had a listener leave us a review, but neglected to uh, leave us a little narrative. But that's okay. We still love you. I can make up a narrative. Oh, that's good. Yeah, this, make, is, this can, is a fun I can, game. I can make one up on the fly. Be careful though, because this is, if this is too good, that's what the listeners are gonna start doing. Just, just know that if he's Grover, 
I got to be Big Bird, right? You're Big, big Bird. I got to be. I mean, I'm just size wise, it's just it's the way it works. Size of your nose? Is that what? I don't get it. I was thinking height and overall pear shape of my current ass situation. <laughs> okay. Can can we take a sidebar for a second? I know I know we've been in a lot of loose shit here. Um, <laughs> I'm on a lot of chemicals right now. Are you feeling groovy? Is that why you're so emotional? No, I'm not emotional at all. You, I'm just angry. That is that is your emotional sweater, though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen you more emotional wearing that sweater. This is my fuck it sweater. Like, I, I tried to, I, like, literally, I am I was wearing, like, I was sleeping next to my son. He, he went to bed early tonight, and this, I was putting him to bed, and I was like, I should get dressed. And I'm like, I'm going emotional support sweater today. Honestly, man, we got to talk about this. What's... I mean, we got Crocs on. I know. Yale it's, sweats. It's bad. You got, I don't even know what the fuck this is. This is like a 16-year-old Lululemon shirt that's all you stretched the, out you got the, the poof, collar and You got shit. the poof going again. Is, is it poofy? It's, it's mad poofy. Yeah, it's like it's like me saying, look at look at how thin my hair is, bitches. No, it looks full. I want you to see my scalps. <laughs> okay, so go over the review. Well, Give me something. What do you mean? Give no, me no we'll do that when we get to the review section. You know how the show works. At the end? You're so excited to leave. That there just... is no review section, Chris. We... Yeah. God, tell me you assholes don't actually fucking look. For the last, like, several shows, I have literally been putting in the chapters on YouTube reviews. Yeah, no, I've seen it. So there so is, in at fact, the end, at the end a of the reviews show. Okay, got it, got it, section. Got it. Arun, so, YouTube is the thing that you never go to that we actually post videos to, he, just to be clear. The thing that you do all the work for. I like and I comment. Yeah, he does. He does. So I watch. so the reason why this is a big deal just to wrap this up really quickly up until now i mean several months ago they thought the initial rate cut would happen in march the um, predictions now look like it's more going to be may Mm -hmm. right in may which i think is going to be a big shock to uh, the economy personally i think the stock market is going to take a hit in march that day if there is no rate cut that day i'm not saying that there isn't going to be because there's right now it's like a coin flip Maybe maybe slightly more. It's like a 60, think, 65% chance. I think it's 65 to 70% chance. Yeah, that they might. So yeah. it, it could happen. But if the Fed wants to send a message that day and not cut rates, that's the one where people say, oh, shit. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, if you don't cut rates and you're a Fed president, you don't go out to dinner that night. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you right now, of all the Fed meetings, that March one, I, I was saying this last year, dude. Yeah. I was saying that March meeting is the one that everyone needs to, we need to host a live that day. That's what we need to do and be like, what's going on? We should, or we should do like a Friday episode drop for that one. Yeah. Because yeah. if if it doesn't, I'm telling you right now, the market's going to go crazy. We got to figure out YouTube lives. I did a lot of research in the algorithm that mm-hmm. pushes you in the algorithm a lot more. Pushes you in the algorithm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. And um, looks like Macy's, uh, this is according to the Wall Street Journal, Macy's to cut about 2,350 jobs and closing about five stores. I think they got a new CEO mm-hmm. who's actually making this decision. This actually is coming not from their seasonal. They make sure to, it was very clear, these are not seasonal hires. It's like 13% of their corporate office. Yeah, that, look, that that's the right move. Uh, Macy's really was able to survive because they owned a lot of the real estate their locations were based in. Yeah. Like the building in New York, for example, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the largest department store in the city. Um, multiple floors. Beautiful building. But, uh, yeah, Macy's has been a troubled retailer for quite a long time now. So uh, Chris always likes to cite on the show that I never um, 
give off any personal information or stories about my personal life. Oh, God. It's going to be a, such a disingenuous lack of personal information. No, no. So my mom uh, used to work for Broadway, and ultimately Broadway got bought out by Macy's uh, for over 20 years. She was a makeup artist, oh, right? I did not know that. Yeah, she did. And um, and she eventually started working at South Coast. But back in the day, this was in Torrance, um, uh, Delamo Mall. Oh, yeah. For anyone that cares. I've been to that mall. Almost got stabbed there. Yeah. That's where I grew up, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, something the crown wire wheels makes sense. So we, uh, pa- growing up, parents didn't weren't very well off and couldn't afford the after school program. So she used to pick me up from schools, man, and I would go and literally sit behind the counter while she finished her shift till like eight o'clock at night, every night. So like Macy's for me has like a soft spot. Like seeing this actually, like actually, like hurts me. That was wholesome. Yeah, it was very wholesome. Yeah, I thought about. So my my wife had an appointment up in LA today in Glendale. Mm-hmm. So she took the truck and and went to uh, Glendale, and I was I was gonna have her drop Carter off at school and pick him up midway through the day, and then I was like, you know what? No, yeah, I'm gonna stay home with him today, the, the first half of the day, and when she gets home, I'll I'll get back to work. Nice. And uh, I thought about taking him into the office just because I knew he would remember it like that. Yes. Like I knew he would remember going to the office with me and like you know playing with dad at the office. I would and... love to do that, man. Do you think that'd be a problem? No, not at all. I like just one at a time, you know. One day Adam, maybe one day Arya. I want to do it. Another reason, too, that, like, and you'll appreciate this. Mm. I have such a fond memory because my mom's coworkers were always so cool. I remember one time, um, she it was a younger coworker, and I didn't realize it till much later in life. But her coworker offered to take me to the movies one time with her son. Okay. And um, she was a little bit younger. And you know what movie she took me to go see? The Nutty Professor. And I was like, it was the Eddie Murphy movie. Like, God bless you. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background, is signing me up for Jim Cramer's email. <laughs> his, his email campaign list. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I thought she was going to take you to tell me she took you to see Boogie Nights, the movie. No, 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 not a professor. Yeah. Well, um, I got to be honest, your segue into the whole Macy's article thing was a little bit um, light. Yeah, I didn't expect it to go, but we're approaching that hour mark. Yeah, I know, I get it. But uh, we have the Biden administration to talk about as well. So, this is this is actually really interesting. You're just gonna piss me off, you know that, right? This is actually gonna piss you off, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't. No, it does. He's gonna be happy with it's, this one. It's the final Thursday recording for a couple months, at least, right? And this article was put in by Odun. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna contribute tonight on the final Thursday recording. I'm gonna put in this article. And it's going to be an article to piss off Chris, too. <laughs> this from CNBC. Biden administration unveils proposed changes to big banks' overdraft fees. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau unveiled a highly anticipated rule proposal targeting big banks' overdraft fee practices. Since 2000, American consumers have paid an estimated $280 billion in bank overdraft fees, according to to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Banks call it a service. I call it exploitation, says Biden. Chris, what are your thoughts? You guys are going to be shocked. I know. I actually really agree with this one. Really? Yeah. Well, this is like a... I think the fees for... The problem is not the overdraft fee in and of itself. It's that there are additional fees that follow up and increase over time. And it's it's gotten really exploitive. Yep. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I agree with anything the Biden administration is doing uh, otherwise, but on this one, 
uh, I know a lot of people at the CFPB. Uh, I've had nothing but great experiences with them. I know that sometimes you get some of these consumer protection agencies can overreach. Yeah. On this one, I agree. Honestly, from the days of me working at Wells Fargo at the retail bank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking back then that this felt predatory because if it was really a problem, mm-hmm. okay, then, okay, you cap the overdraft fees. Based, you can find, find an algorithm, right, that works to cap them from overdrafting a certain amount. And the problem that I had the most with it was they let you continue to over, hit overdraft yeah, and it would be a $35 fee every time. And so if you didn't know yeah. that somebody had cashed your check, I would have these people come in all the time, man, like small business owners that like were writing checks and thought that they were already cashed. And yes, maybe they should have done a better job balancing their books and you can you can yeah. make that argument. But it seemed a little predatory when if they were going out and doing stuff for the business or if there were moms just trying to put food on the table for their kids. Oh, the one that got me was you had like a $2 overdraft and they charge you a $35 fee. That's what I'm saying. That's and you, wild. You'd be like, what, what the fuck, dude? Right. And you can't handle a $2 float overdraft for like a fucking week? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it, fine, you can't handle a $1,000 overdraft. I get that. You can't handle a, a couple hundred dollars. Fine. Two dollars? What are we doing here? Yeah, the, I mean, really? The teller is allowed to lose up to three dollars a day. And like, let's, just, let's just let's just kind of work through the logic here. If I don't have enough money in my account to pay for something that I try to pay for, and then you're going to charge me a thirty-five dollar fee on top of the thing that I can't pay for, yeah, that 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 seems kind of like a dick move. Yeah, it's like a more than a slap on the wrist. That's a slap in the ding ding, like the back of the hands when they hit you right in the testicles. <laughs> that was, you just feel the, it like the ruminating. Whip. The whip. <laughs> yeah, you feel it all the way up in your stomach. Like, how did they get there? See, I have a problem with these NBA players, too. The, the game's changing, man. I wouldn't know, personally. They get hit in the ding-ding, and they immediately fall to the floor. I'm like, hold on. You didn't even give it time to rise. What are you saying? You know what I mean? Ooh, preemptive floor drops. Yeah. They're acting like soccer players now. Soft. And yet, you're going to sit here and tell me that LeBron's a GOAT. No, no, he's not the GOAT. But he is a, He's 1B. He's not 1A, he's 1B. Okay, I, I can I can tell you that you have a compelling counter argument you've made to me in the past, Kobe. What do you mean? Kobe's not one B. Kobe's not one B. I love Kobe. Kobe's my favorite player of all time. He's not one B. We're not one, doing this. One C. No, 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 no. Wow. Yeah, come on, man. He's no, he's uh, he's he's top ten. He's top ten. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I heard. Gilbert Arenas talked about this. I know you don't want to make this into a sports podcast. But uh, one of our listeners, shout out to Dave, um, likes it when we do talk about um, sports on the show. This is the reason why a lot of the players themselves rank Kobe so high is because he wasn't the guy that had the over 40-inch vert. He didn't have the big hands. He literally, he, they, they said that he's like an S500 moving like a Bugatti. It, he literally... This was Gilbert Arenas, so dude, I don't know if you caught this, but he's like he didn't have the attributes that Michael Jordan had, but he literally perfected it without having any of the any of the athleticism, and that's what made him so great. That's why the players are appreciated him so much because he literally got the most out of himself. Like mm. they know to them, to the players themselves, the accolades don't mean shit. The championships, all that. No, we know who's good and who pushed it the furthest. And that's why they revere him so much. Mm. I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. 
What color is your Bugatti? <laughs> I would. I'll be honest. If I had money like that, it wouldn't. I wouldn't get a Bugatti. Not my cup of tea. What would you get? A Huaran. I'll probably get a Datsun. Fucking <laughs> 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 chuckles work, back work, there. Work on it for like ten years. <laughs> Bro, you, you don't even you don't even know what you just did too. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> He posted a picture on Insta. No, 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 no. It, this you, shit, you don't know what happened today. L- literally like three be, hours ago. This car better be fire. It, it is. Bro, sold for 500K. Yeah, it's got 200K into it. And I've trust seen, me, I've seen there's Igor's nobody work. in their right fucking mind is going to buy it. I've seen it Igor's work. It's going to be good, but I'm like, God damn, this shit better be off the chains. So my son's been in the drifting lately. His car. And I'm like, fuck, I got I to gotta finish this car and get it done right. Mm-hmm. So I have Igor pull out of storage and kind of give me a rundown of the things that he thinks need to be done. Now, it's a full running car. Uh, and Igor's like, look, the, the, the brake work, the wiring work, some of the work on this is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And it should be for the amount of money that I paid. Uh, he's like, some things we can clean up, but uh, really the body, which is the reason why I, I left it in storage, is the body was fucked up by the paint shop. He's like, the body needs some work and there's some things we can figure it out. And he gave me this Excel template of just like line item by line item by line item. I thought it was going to be like a couple things, you know, paint, fix this, fix that. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars into a car, probably worth like maybe six cents, seven on a good day. And um, it's a fucking long list. Of of what? Of a to-do list? What? Yeah. Of things that he, and isn't it, because like there's, there's not really an interior. There's two seats in the front. There's basically like a parcel shelf kind of thing in the back where the old back seats used to be. It's four-door, but I'm also a big motherfucker, so I need to put my seat in the back. Um, roll cage. I mean, it's a it's a full street-legal race car. And it's a fast fucking car for less than 2,000 pounds. So you're saying the long list pushes it out to win? To whenever I feel like paying a fucking crazy-ass amount of money yeah. to continue. For what, I mean, Igor is not overbilling me it's just that you know he wants to do all these things to it yeah and i know him he wants to do a good job and i'm sitting here going like we're heading into a recessionary economy if we're not already in one already gotta be smart right gotta be smart this is not the ideal time but fuck man i want to get this thing done yeah i know there's something to be said right i think that a lot of people out there aside from this though like you realize that you're this is something that you you get what you pay right you can't you can't cut any corners with this. So you realize that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Man, I've learned a lot about the car industry by making stupid-ass decisions that cost me a lot of money. Um, working on some things like cars really comes down, service-based businesses more than anything else, frankly. It comes down to talking to people and getting their experience. And you got to spend the time to actually talk to real people. Reviews can be faked. Pictures can be photoshopped or stolen. You, you've got to really take the time to say, hey, did you get X, Y, and Z done by that vendor? Are you crying right now? I'm getting emotional, man. There's a lot of money in that car. <laughs> my estradol is high. It's not high. No. It's, it's low. But actually, oh, my wife sends me a text today. Hey, I forgot uh, to pick up your testosterone for tonight. So I'm literally becoming a woman in front of you right now. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good thing. I'm not laughing at you guys out there. My pronouns are now we. We're not doing this. <laughs> We're not talking about pronouns on the show, man. We're not doing this. Just a boiling frog, brother. Yeah, boiling frog. There yeah. you go. Jamie Dimon. 
<clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> you sound like me. I you sound, sound like, like me. <laughs> That's what you sound like. Exactly. Jamie Dimon salary increased to $36 million. 4% increase. That's 2% more than me. I got to be honest with you. A 4% increase for him is a little bit different. <laughs> Just a little bit. Smidge. Smidge. And he was out there ripping Bitcoin to shreds again. So much so that even even capped it. He's like, I'm not talking about this anymore. No, he okay. didn't say I'm not talking about this anymore. He said, I'm not talking about this shit anymore. Yeah, the, the word shit I, wasn't there. I can't believe he let it fly like that. Oh, I can. Really? Jamie Dimon is six foot four. He's calculated, man. Yeah. But I'm telling you, he got a dirty mouth on him. For sure. I mean, come yeah. on. You know behind He's the in, scenes. He, that was Davos, right? Huh? Was that in Davos? Where was yeah, it? Yeah, everybody's in Davos. So you week. know he was he was there's a, there's a couple of great clips from Davos I want to play uh, on our next yeah. show that I think are worth worth sharing. One of them's 23 minutes long. It's about capitalism, but it's fantastic. And everybody's been sharing it on, on X. But um, you know, Jamie Dimon's the kind of guy who's like behind the scenes and he's watching Brian Brian Monahan on stage, turns to somebody who works with him and goes, This fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not on my level. He's still quoting the last quarter. He's not on my level, but he's getting paid pretty damn close. How are those consumers holding up, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's that guy. Because he's a consumer bank. If Jamie Dimon had a social media account, he would short Bank of America and post it to his page like everybody else does their sports bets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going to the weekend strong, B of A. Yeah, you got to think that kind of shit's happening, right? Like if... Um... Was it was it was Bill Gates saying that he wanted to short Tesla, right? Yeah, all these guys. It's 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 an entire like big dick thing. It's a dick thing now. Yeah, like, it's like who's got the biggest dick? Well, obviously me, but I'm just saying in the context of this conversation, you ain't gonna take that. <laughs> I'm giving you I'm giving you opportunities. It's too easy. Is it? Yeah, you've seen it, so I'm, you know. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, everybody knows. By the way, we're both rocking gray sweats. I know. Hella confident. Hella confident. Can you imagine? Is it because like people can kind of see the the physical? I I did not know that was the thing. I refused. I refused to uh, you know give into society. I only buy grass now. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. <laughs> I want you all to see it. I mean, if that's what it means. If you're underwhelmed, so be it. But you still saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've got a lot of questions about high schools because I know that the the cultural environment about high schools have changed a lot. What do you mean? Like when you play in a sports. Like, you should play basketball, football, whatever. Mm. Do they still do, like, group showers? That never happened for me. I never I never took a team shower. That explains a lot. Yeah. I don't I don't. You get never that. had, like, an open shower, like? Situation? No. When I was in junior high, when I was in high school, like, the, the showers were literally one big open space with, like, a metal tube going up and, like, seven shower heads circling the top of it. I can't even, I can't even recall if we had showers. Essentially, prison. Yeah. That's basically what they, yeah, that, that was the showers. Yeah, no, no. I never, I never, never had that. So you're really, really? you're really dating yourself. Yeah, fuck. God damn. You didn't have that? No, thank God. Arun, did you have that? Yeah, Palm Valley had that. Like open showers. Really? Mm-hmm. You did one? Uh, no. I didn't play sports. I did PE for one semester, I think. Oh, that's right. Ooh, there's a lot to unpack there. PE. What do you mean? I, I, I don't know what even PE in high school is like. Is it like? Just go I used to ball. see him running around the field every once in a while, fucking around, having a good time. Yeah, but like, it seems like it would be a fun class, though. Yeah, like, what do you guys do? Like, you know, walk around. Is it like jumping jacks? Was there? Did you have to run a mile in a certain time? Did you have a coach the whistle? 
who's that coach? You know, what are you doing, guy? Yeah. Get back in the PE line. Are PE, te- are PE teachers taking mind pump classes now? Did you ever have, like, uh, go outside and your PE teacher rolls out like a television and made you watch it outside? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what are they having you watch? Yeah, it's got to be something physical, right? Oxide. Russell, Russell Simmons? <laughs> no, it was for sure, like, Zumba. Apparently, he's all up in his feels. Who? Uh, that was his name, right? Russell Simmons? Is that his name? God damn it. What's his name? That's his name. Come on, that's his name, Russell right? Simmons is Kamora Lee Simmons' ex-husband. So who am I thinking DMC. about? Oh, who am I thinking about? The, the Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons, my bad. Richard Simmons is all up in his feels? Bro, you can't. Because of Pauly Shore? You are not allowed to talk to him. Pauly Shore is going to play him? That's Pauly Shore playing him. Is, First of all, he looks just like fucking Pauly Shore. It should not, but Pauly Shore is old, too. Okay, like, Yeah, but Pauly Shore literally is Richard Simmons just... Polly Shore. Dude, I'm praying to God Polly Shore makes a comeback off of this. Remember when he was literally getting every role at one point? That's because his mom owned the comedy store. That doesn't Don't take away his talent. He was talented, bro. No, he wasn't, bro. Polly Shore wasn't talented? I like Polly Shore. I'm a fan. Encino Man? He's he's a fucking amazing comic too, by the way. Yeah, he's a great comic. Amazing yeah. comic. Son-in-law was actually a good movie. Don't like, take like anything Son-in-Law. away from this guy, dude. This guy has some wild stories because, you know, his mom, Mitzi Shore, was yeah. at the comedy store. He said, like, comics, the some of the wildest comics used to babysit him. <laughs> Can you imagine being yeah. ba- <laughs> Imagine Eddie Murphy coming in. Go to sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy to me about Polly Shore is he's always in character, but he's not really like that all the time. I've seen him. I've seen him in L.A. just eating by himself. And I said, what's up to him from afar? I was like, hey, Polly, what's up, man? And he just literally just looked at me, waved, and put his head back down. He just seemed like a to-himself kind of guy. Yeah, of course he is. Because during the 90s, everybody would go up to me like, what's up, wheeze out? <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, make yeah. that sound and shit. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's uh, put a cap on our last Thursday for at least uh, two to three months. Not happy about it. You no. were all about this shit. You were came in, you came in here excited as fuck, boy. For the growth of the show, man. It's for the growth of the show. You it was first of all, it was your idea. I do not recall. That's a lie. You can't prove that. <laughs> I actually have the text message to prove it. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I'm such a dick. Like I don't even like phone calls. Like don't call me anymore. I'm I'm getting to that way. And you know what it is? I just have so many calls and so many messages and so many emails coming in at all times. Like, I just want the the fastest way to communicate. Mm. Like, I almost, I almost want to send, like, I want to be the guy who sends. Is that, like, is that why you're starting to send, like, uh, voice memos? Yeah. Honest to God? Yeah. I hate voice memos. I do, too. That's people, why people. people who send me voice memos, I feel like you're, like, disrespecting my time. You know the worst fucking thing? This is going to be so bad if somebody gets a hold of this. Like, every notable person that I started chatting, like, DMing, like, on Instagram, like, we built, like, some kind of rapport, has sent me fucking voice memos. Why? Andy, Andy and I, that's why we first started talking. Well, is it, they just dis- is it because they disappear? Or just because it's quick and easy? I think because it's just quicker. Like, sometimes you want to say a lot of shit, but you don't want to type a lot of shit. And nobody wants to be the guy with that big fucking bubble of text because then you look like a stalker. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you, there's, there's a certain point in, like, a text I don't message think they're, I don't think they're, they're overthinking it like that. Oh, you are overthinking like that. Really? Oh, yeah. The last thing you want to do, okay, is you don't want to be seen sending anybody more than like three sentences. What? 
Three sentences? More than three sentences, you're you're borderline psychotic. After that, anything more than that should be a meeting? Anything more than that should be either a voice memo. Or a phone call. Or y'all just need to get together and have a conversation about whatever it is that's pissing you off so much. That's right. You do, man. Because I'd be calling you sometimes and you're like, you answer and you go, <sighs> I'm angry, bro. <laughs> you look, I'm angry. Why are you calling me? I'm, dude, you have to understand, like, I get... This is the part that fucking sucks, man. Like I'm getting calls so goddamn much some days that I'll get them when I wake up in the morning, like around 6, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and they, they're just fucking nonstop to the point where I can't even shower without my fucking phone ringing multiple times. And on days where some shit's happening in the marketplace, something's going like wild, I'm getting text messages, I'm getting emails, I'm getting phone calls. Oh, fuck, I didn't call somebody back. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so wait, does I your- just remembered. God damn it. Can you give him a shout out on the show? Not unless I want to mention a board of directors name. Oh, geez. Fuck. So, um, so wait, so what is like the anxiety levels like? So you must be high strung all day, man. Some days. Yeah. Some days, some, and some days like it's the worst. So like, I don't want to mention her name, but one of my admins will come in like, and she'll, and she's, she's a wonderful, I love her. I, I honestly love talking to her. She's amazing. She always helps me out. She's great. But I'll be in front of my computer just finally trying to get to, like, like the next email or the next message or the next list of shit I got to get done, right? And she'll walk in and be like, hey, how are you? Are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm just like, fuck! Yeah, I'm good. And then she'll be like, you sure? Because you seem kind of stressed. She's like, hmm. And all she wants to do is help. Yeah. And I'm just so fucking busy and so, like, wound up that I just want to, like, focus on something. Yeah. And then there's a parade of assholes will come in afterward. And they're like, they have their individual problems. And sometimes these problems are like. Oh, sometimes man. these people know know you better than you do in that moment. Most of them know me better than I do myself in that moment. Because if like it's something that's urgent, then I know that I have. And, and, I, know, and I know that you should know it's urgent, but yeah. it's kind of like glossed over. I got to come by and be like, hey, no, you need to do this right now. There's a couple people I work with. One in particular. Um, they will just fucking manhandle my shit. And I love it. Yeah. Like, the, hey. <laughs> Man, handle your shit. Oh, dude. They're, they're, I'll get phone calls from one person in particular. Hey, you've got a meeting in five minutes. Sounded like, sound like you said that. They would plug your shit. The manhandle your shit. What are they doing? Come on. Oh, Relax. I'm telling you, man, that they're, one person in particular will, will know that I will skip meetings. You'd be like, you got a meeting. You can't skip. You need to be in this one. Here's why. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. Oh, okay. That's good. That's, yeah. you got to keep that oh, one around. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, Valentine's Day, two weeks. You ready? That kind of shit. There was, this was a segment that I wanted to bring onto the show eventually, and I know we're going over and we're not going to dive into it, but I, what I wanted to do is, because part of like our value proposition is that, look, at the end of the day, you're an executive at a publicly traded company. Mm. and Small cap. I, small, small cap. No cap. All facts. All time. Bars. Belly buttons. Lick them. Rim them. <laughs> Four months. Can you is imagine it, a Friday episode? That's all we. Oh, it's all that's on it. I was like, I was thinking maybe we do a behind the scenes of like things that your boss doesn't want you to know. Like, no, nah, that'll open up a can of worms. You can't do that because then people use shit against you, right? And against everyone else at the company, that'd probably be bad. But what if we help people see some value that they could pr- bring to the workplace that they're not they're not thinking of. Uh, so like for instance right like someone like that you just mentioned that realizes they see the business side of it i see that sometimes you have to skip meetings this is one you can't skip 
I know that's not part of your job description, but look, they realize an extra value that they can bring. And this is something that all employees should be constantly looking for. If this, if you want to move up or you want to be on the, someone's radar and you feel like you're not on someone's radar, find a way to provide extra value that you were not actually hired to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tend to make that easier for most people just because I'm, I'm, I'm not an asshole. So like, I'm very much approachable. I'm talking to everybody. I try to know everybody's names. Like I'm trying to like engage, like everybody's on the same level as me. We all have a job. Mine is just is a little higher level. Yeah. Uh, there are some people that's harder to do that kind of stuff with. So I think, you know, I think it'd be more interesting. I think, I think people, I, I didn't do this for my wife too, to give people like some insight into what my day is like. I think that'll trip people out because as much as you think it's like go to work and you're in a high left position, blah, blah, blah. They don't realize like the cadence that I'm going at is not, if you were to take somebody who's like, oh, I want to be an executive of a public traded company, just put them into my job. They'd never fucking make it. Or if like, I love it when people will tell me like, oh, I'm multitasking. Like, oh, I just get so much done. You have no idea. I just multitask. And you're just like, if you fucking knew the unresolved conflict that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Yes. Like the volatility that affects people's lives. That, that's real shit that's happening at all times. And then you got to divorce yourself from like your own emotional emotional frustration. I mean, I'm getting personally sued for $60 million, something I didn't do anything wrong with right now. Mm-hmm. That'll likely lead to the discovery that I have to go into. I've had private investigators follow me around. Again, nothing that I did wrong. Right. But this is just happening in the tertiary part of my world. And I, I don't have the time to even focus on that and be pissed off about it because I got 6,000 other things going on on a daily basis. Yeah, man. And then people want to talk to you about like, oh, you know, this and that. And it's like, dude, like that Dotson project, I haven't had time to even go see the car. Right. Much less, like, all I do is get bills and I can see pictures every once in a while. It's pretty much like like an Ethiopian kid so you, that I've been supporting. Do you think that's a skill that someone can develop over time or is one of those things you kind of have it or you don't where you can uh, compartmentalize I know plenty of executives that don't have a skill. But is it something, I mean, it definitely sounds like something that as you climb up the ranks, that this is something that you're going to need to develop. Otherwise, you're never going to get shit done. Well, this is what people don't understand about climbing up the ranks is climbing up the ranks is just a way of getting you progressive load, right? Like everybody thinks they want to be higher up and higher up and higher up. But there are things that become inherently more political as you get higher up. There are things that get inherently much more cloak and dagger. Like there's things that I know that wall street has regulations for that. I just can't disclose. Right. There are conversations that I literally cannot have with people because if I tell them about my day, in some cases, I'm disclosing non-public information about a publicly traded company, which you may use to trade insider information on. Which I know is, is which could be exceptionally hard for you because you tend to live a more open lifestyle that way you Very open. that way, that way you don't have to hold on to secrets right mm-hmm. it's like i don't need to i don't need to be careful of this secret that secret i'm open with everybody so i don't have to worry but this one this thing you really have to worry about oh and then there's, there's a whole morality question right like if i know something and I, so i had an employee get mad at me and there's a whole rhetoric about it um because at one point last year we had reductions in force they came to me and said hey are we going to have future reductions of force? Like another one? Another one, right? Yeah. And at the time, I said, you know, there, a conversation to that effect has not occurred, and I'm not aware of one, but that doesn't mean that one won't happen in the future. Right. Well, one was happening in the next couple of, in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that was galvanized. And even if it was, and I knew for sure it was going to happen, that's not something I want to tell you affirmatively that we're going to do. Right. And... 
I certainly don't want the ramifications of you broadcasting that. So you question, like, okay, am I doing the right thing from a moral perspective for another human being? Or am I doing the right thing as a fiduciary for the company and the shareholders and for the other humans who would otherwise be scared and impacted by that? Right. Well, they should never have even felt that comfortable to ask you. And that's just because you... But you want to be approachable. You do want... Exactly. Right. Yeah, you want to be approachable. Like, we all work here. You're trying to build team morale. But you can't be doing that shit. Another another challenge is if you if you make yourself approachable, right? You tell people, like, hey, here's my personal mobile number. You can call me anytime. People do. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah. oh anytime. They I'll, they do. Call you and, at 630. I mean, clients, uh, employees. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes incredibly challenging to navigate some of these conversations because they feel so cavalier because they're comfortable talking to you. Right. Right. And it, it can become very, very difficult. I think a lot of people have the idea that they, they want these jobs. And they, I think a lot of people have the idea that they, they want the, the salaries that come with them. There is a reason why you get paid more. Yeah. The right. level of mental stress and physiological toll that it takes on you just from a mental toll. Mm-hmm. Is is incredible, yeah, man. Yeah, it, it is. It is wildly underestimated. I I can't imagine how someone like Tim Cook feels. Your company's got a product that's fading, the Mac, but it's got a product that's the most successful consumer product in history, the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And your predecessor was arguably one of the best CEOs of all time as far as building the brand and building these products. Right, idolized. And now you're in a position where you've got to pivot. You got your Apple Watch legal situation going on where you have to pull it off the market. I wonder for these guys that, that are that big too, it's not just a matter of, of you know, producing profits. It's uh, at some point it gets to a point where you they start thinking about I want to leave a legacy. I want to I want I want to do something with the company that I stand out too. A hundred percent. If you're the CEO and you're the figure, that's absolutely part of your thought process. And then some of that transitions over into like a political spin. Um, Cantilever's CEO, I saw him give a great speech off the cuff no documents in front of him just landed in the helicopter there had to leave on a helicopter it was the most impressionable thing i think i've ever had anybody say to me uh, in a group setting that just was just incredibly just graceful and tactful and i'm like fuck this guy's amazing all about environmental social governance a topic that i'm not 100 percent aligned with and he made it sound like a fucking whimsical snow white fairy tale and i thought this guy's better than me Oh wow! Like he's he's just that much more talented than me, and and you know his legacy is now, I'm gonna take this worldwide international brand and I'm gonna use it to deliver a message while growing my company, while traveling all over the world, being the figurehead for the brand, and while respecting the shareholders. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. That's what Jamie Dimon does. Jamie Dimon's a politician. That's all he is. Yep. Can you imagine the stress he's got? He's he's getting hit with. I mean, he made forty nine billion this year. In profits. They have more cyber attacks on a daily basis than most nations do. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the reason why he hates Bitcoin so much or just cryptocurrency in general. He gave a great example the other day. People are like, oh, he doesn't understand crypto. Yeah, he doesn't understand it. He wouldn't say that if he understood crypto. I have a feeling he understands crypto. He he said (laughs) Satoshi could come back tomorrow and this finite number of this commodity of Bitcoin that you think is capped. Yeah. You could be like, I changed the algorithm. We're getting more Bitcoin. And that could always happen, even though they said they wouldn't. And everybody's like, he doesn't understand crypto. Bitcoin's got a finite edge. It's it. It's ledger. And it's like, the guy fucking created it from nothing. Yeah. He made the algorithm 
and then allegedly vanished? That's another segment that I wanted to do for another show. We're going to cap it right here. But we talk a lot of shit on uh, crypto and why we don't like it. We, you. <laughs> you. You don't like the crypto bros. I don't like the crypto. Um, but I, I thought we should carve out a little segment as to some reasons why we don't like it and explain it in detail. Okay. I'll leave I think you, it'll be valuable. I'll leave you with a question that I was asked today. I was asked by a reporter for, I probably should know for who, doesn't matter. And uh, she said, Gen Z. Was it Dickler? No, it wasn't Dickler. Uh, Gen Z has millionaires, young millionaires. How are these Gen Z millionaires, and keep in mind, half Gen Z is still like living at home age, not, not working. 11, 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. How are they most prominently becoming millionaires? Real estate's not it, right? Was social media influence? I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. OnlyFans? Oh. OnlyFans was a good one. Yeah, that 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 was one of my my comments. Another one, influencers. Another one was investing in non-traditional assets, even though we stigmatize NFTs and cryptocurrency. That was a pathway for some Gen Zers to become millionaires. And that is something that a lot of people are leaning towards. They realize, like, I'm never going to be able to buy a house, so let me invest in the thing that's going to go to the moon mm -hmm. the fastest. Yeah. So. Um, certainly entrepreneurship. Uh, one of the one of the ways that Gen Zers are coming up really financially is they're building small niche brands, but they're really leveraging social media advertising and advertising on Instagram and all these. A lot of major brands, you know, they don't advertise in these platforms the same way. Right. So it's usually smaller brands, so they're making money, you know, building businesses mm -hmm. that you don't really think are real, but they're real. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, a somber, sad day to end our final. Thursday recording. Just for a little bit of time. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you know when a girl breaks up and says, it's not you, it's me. It's, it, look, it's not us, Saeed. It, it's just not us right now. Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying we won't ever be together. I'm just saying for right now, we need to be apart. That's what you sound like right now. Honestly, this is Adam's fault. That's Adam at mindpumpmedia.com. Message him and tag the higher standard podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, you got anything? Nope. All right, Chris? Yeah, I'm all spent. All right, man. Good night, everybody. Bye.